0: Welcome to Illuminate, a podcast to help you find your way through the light of God's Word. I'm Shelly Hitz, and I'm here with my husband, CJ. And today we're going to be talking about a story from the Old Testament about a king called Jehoshaphat.
1: Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of stories in the Old Testament that I think sometimes can get overlooked. Um, They're just kind of tucked away in there. And so we're going to look at one of them regarding a guy named Jehoshaphat.
0: I know, you know, this brings back memories for me because I think I was like in fifth grade and we did this play at church. It was called Fat, Fat, Jehoshaphat. (laughs) And I played Jehoshaphat because there was no boys that we're going to be able to do it. So I was King Jehoshaphat. And so this story really was burned into my memory as a young child. And so it brings back a lot of really good, you know, just good memories. And it's just a great reminder of, of God's power and what he can do when we put our trust in him.
1: So we're actually specifically going to look at a story um, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 31. For those of you that uh, want to read that, follow along. We're not going to read the whole passage, but we're just going to kind of highlight, you know, certain verses and things that, that stand out. And this this story in a, in a nutshell is, you know, King Jehoshaphat had just made some reforms. Um, he had just appointed judges, you know, in the previous chapter. He had done a lot of great things. And lo and behold, the next chapter says that there was an enemy planning to invade all of Judah.
0: Yeah, in in the New Living Translation, it says in verse 1, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. So that's probably a pretty big deal if they're saying they're declaring war.
1: Yeah, and you know, right off the bat there in verse 1, you know, after this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and the Meunites, just as you'd mentioned, declared war. And I think what we can look at just for our own lives is that we have an enemy declaring war on you and I. You know, he does it through sickness. He does it through depression. He does it through lust. He does it through anger, bitterness, financial hardship, anxiety, worry, and the list could go on and on. Anytime we set about to doing something for the Lord... Or making changes in our lives, we can be sure that there's an enemy that certainly wants to derail us and frustrate us early on.
0: Yeah, sometimes you know, you and I say, "Well, we must be doing something right," (laughs) you know, if we feel the resistance and the spiritual um, attacks and those sort of things, because you're not, and you know, you're not even. what do i want to say a threat you're not even a threat if you're if you're just you know not doing anything or if you're just in complacency and verse three i just love how the the scripture shows you know jehoshaphat was a real man like he had real feelings and it says jehoshaphat was terrified yeah. by this news and so like it it's not wrong to have feelings it's not wrong to feel your feelings. But then he said, it says he immediately begged the Lord for guidance. So he took that fear from that news, the reality of what was coming against him, and he took it directly to the Lord. And then he said, and it says he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. And it's amazing what can happen when you come together in unity, in prayer and fasting. Like things can can happen. And it was almost like Jehoshaphat didn't even have a plan B, C, D. I mean, he just went straight to the Lord.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just going back to that word terrified, you know, I, uh, a picture that came to my mind was of, say, a young girl or boy, you know, playing on a playground. And all of a sudden, uh, there's this ferocious dog that just starts running toward the child. And you know, it's gonna be natural for that child to be terrified. I still remember a big German Shepherd in my neighborhood growing up in a small town in Myrtle Creek, Oregon, where I was absolutely terrified to go by this house. Uh, on my way to or from school. (laughs) I knew that if that dog was out there and it was not, uh, roped or chained up, that it was, there was a good chance it was going to actually make a run at me. And I usually had to scream or just run like crazy away from that thing, which usually, uh, triggers a chase effect, you know, with the dogs, that's not exactly (laughs) the best advice, but, um, the bottom line is that natural reaction of being terrified is not something we should be ashamed of. But just as Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord and even rallied the people to fast, imagine that young girl or boy crying out to their father who is nearby and that father coming to that child's rescue, stepping between the child and that ferocious dog that's bearing down on the child, and just at the right time, that dad steps in and gives that dog one swift kick to the jaws just as the dog is lunging. Let me tell you something. That's what our father does, and we're going to see that as we look further into this story.
0: And I love that picture because it's a picture of, you know, we can't do it on our own. Like that small child is like helpless to do anything, but then their father comes in and takes over. And, you know, so Jehoshaphat and he rallies the troops, so to speak, you know, and they're fasting and praying. And, you know, there's a prayer in there that Jehoshaphat prays. And you can read it all, you know, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, but there's a a part of it that i just wanted to bring out it's in verse 12 and he um jehoshaphat says we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us and it's that same you know that picture of what you said about that child and that dog coming we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us we do not know what to do But we are looking to you for help. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's just, it's just a picture of admitting our powerlessness and not being able to figure it out, to fix it, to do it, and then looking to God.
1: Yeah. And, you know, for those of you that are looking to this passage, and and once again, it's 2 Chronicles chapter twenty verses one through thirty one, you know, that prayer of Jehoshaphat is specifically verses six through twelve. And you know, as you go through that prayer, one of the things that I noticed is that, you know, he was reminding the Lord of his promises to his people. You know, Jehoshaphat is a good example for you and I today of knowing the history of God and his people through his word. We have that in, in, in the word of God. We can look back and see what God has already done. There's a history there. Uh, there's, a, there's a pattern of how the Lord operates, how he does rescue his people, um, how he disciplines his people many times. And so we can look, look at this. And as we recall promises of God, it can be reassuring to say, you know what, we're not in this alone. We're not the first ones to go about this, and we won't be the last ones to go about this. Uh, You know, there are people that have conquered in the strength of the Lord. And uh, I just think it's really neat to see how Jehoshaphat is actually reminding the Lord of the Lord's promises to, to his people to rescue them and uh, to deliver them from from evil.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, that's why we even look back to stories like this. It's a reminder. It's a reminder of God's character, who he is, you know, what he's done in the past, you know, and we can we can do the same. We can cry out to the Lord and remind him as well. And it's interesting though, as he finishes that prayer and he says, we are looking to you for help. It says in verse 13, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children. So I thought that was interesting. It was a family affair. But it says in verse 14, The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. It was like cause and effect. caught like You see this over and over in the story. They cried out to the Lord and they said, We're looking to you for help. Well, the Lord responded. And it says the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. And then this man goes into just encouraging and sharing some things to the people.
1: Yeah, Jehaziel is the guy's name. And, you know, he, he was someone that was just standing there in that crowd. Yeah. Little did he know that the, the Spirit of God was going to come upon him and that he was going to be used of the Lord that day to be a huge encouragement not only to the people, but to King Jehoshaphat, right. you know, the leader. And, you know, it just shows us that when we seek the Lord with fervent hearts, he speaks to us and he gives us insight, you know, uh, into the situation. And, you know, we can go back to verse three again and just that, that uh, King Jehoshaphat, really decreed, ordered that everyone go into a fast. You know, this was like a humbling to say, okay, we don't know what we're doing. We got this enemy that's bearing down on us. What do we do? And then you see here in verse 13 and 14, you see that God did answer. And, uh, you know, it doesn't work the same way every time. So we're not saying that if you just undergo a 3-day fast, you know, you too are going to experience, right. you know, a breakthrough for <laughs> 1995. Oh man. <laughs> you know, so we're we're not saying that today. What we're saying is essentially seek the Lord and in his good timing, in whatever way he wants to do it and whoever he wants to do it through, I believe a breakthrough will come. And we just know the pattern of God and the history of God to know that we just we're not going to bottle up a formula and try to sell that to you for 1995 today. So God cannot be put into a box, but we exactly. do know God's promises are true. And we also see the history of his people and us, you know, in his word.
0: Yeah. And so this man, what was his name? Jehaziel. Jehaziel. Okay, there we go. Jehaziel. <laughs> he says this. He says, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, this is what I really remember from the story, and I think this is the scripture that most often gets quoted. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. And there was actually a song when we did that musical Fat Fat Jehoshaphat that, you know, was all about this. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. And yet, how encouraging To know, it's like, yeah, like we could try to muster up all our strength, all our resources, all our strategies, and try to figure out a way to come against our enemies. And, you know, yet um, Jehaziel was like, you know, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. And the Lord was even saying they were mighty. So he wasn't trying to say, you know, push it under the rug and say, oh, this is just a small enemy. No, this is a mighty army. But it says, the battle is not yours, but God's. Mm-hmm. And then he says, tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them. And, you know, tells about like how you will find them. And then in verse 17, it says, but you will not even need to fight. Take up your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Now, there's so much in that and so much that we could go into. Now, there are some battles in the Old Testament you'll read where they did have to fight. You know, David had to go out and fight many times. But in this particular instance, the Lord is saying, you will not even need to fight. Doesn't that just go against everything that you think of in your flesh?
1: Oh yeah. You know, uh, immediately, you know, you start taking inventory yeah. <laughs> of what do I have to fight with? Right. And what, what am weapons? I going to do like... in the flesh? You know, and sometimes, uh, we can look to the Lord as like a last request. Now, what I love about this story is that Jehoshaphat immediately, right. uh, began praying. He, he knew right away in the flesh this battle was going to be impossible because uh three different armies came together two allies and then uh or two two different armies and then they allied with another one that they normally didn't even work with and partnered with and it was it was an impossible odds you know it'd be like uh you know those of you that are football fans uh you know if the citadel you know, was was facing uh, Alabama. You know that uh, <laughs> that day. We all know how that one's going to end. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you know, and it's just a great example of how Jehoshaphat, You know, right away, his first response was, "Okay, Lord, I'm throwing my hands up. Uh, what do we do?"
0: Yeah, and so after Jehaziel says all of this, King King Jehoshaphat's response in verse 18 says, he bowed low with his face to the ground. And mm. so not only did was his first response to come to the Lord, he came in humility. Yeah. Like even after the Lord spoke to him and you know spoke to the people, he bowed low, and it says Worshiping the Lord. Mm. And then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord. So there was this combination of humility, worship, and praise. And again, like, we're not saying that God is transactional and that he's a vending machine, but I will tell you, he responds to humility. Yeah. He responds to our praise and worship and our thanksgiving. There's something that happens when we humble ourselves that he responds to that. And, um, you know, so again, like that was Jehoshaphat's response was that humility.
1: How many of you parents... You know, it just tickles you pink when your your kids humble themselves under your your authority in the household. They they're obedient to you. They um, are essentially saying whatever whatever you what do you whatever you want, mommy, daddy, I I will I'll do that. You know, that just tickles you pink, you know, when you when you can actually see that humility in your children. And, and this is the same way with God. He wants a humility to say, we're relying on you, Lord. We're going to be in situations we do not know what to do.
0: Yeah. So it says early the next morning, that um jehoshaphat stopped and he talked to the people of judah and jerusalem he says believe in the lord your god and you will be able to stand for, firm and then it says after consulting the people in verse 21 the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the lord and praising him for his holy splendor and so isn't it interesting that he sends the musicians out first in yeah. a battle. I mean, they had, they had, you know, these armies had declared war. Yeah. And here Jehoshaphat sending out the choir.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, verse 22, you know, as as that happened, it says at that very moment they began to, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, at that point is when the Lord began to come against the enemy. And the enemy actually began to scatter, be confused. And and that's a great uh, illustration for us today, too, that when we do gather in praise, when we do worship the Lord, the enemy hates this. He absolutely hates yeah. it, and he can't help but run the other direction.
0: It actually says the armies started fighting amongst themselves. Mm. And it was at that very moment, it was like... Again, you know, that power of praise and worship and putting our eyes and fixing our, our, our attention and our focus, not on our enemy, but on our powerful God. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like, that's just a transformational moment. And it's such a powerful picture because I know for me, I don't know about you, CJ, but I know for me, when I see circumstances coming against me, it's easy for me to focus on those circumstances.
1: Oh, I can't relate to that, Shelley. but I will pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it, it's just natural for us right away just to see the overwhelming odds, you know, against us with certain situations. But to be able to just have that muscle memory that just immediately automatically falls back to, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. What would you have us do in this situation? Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge.
0: I praise you. We worship you. What do you say about
1: this situation? And so as we do that, that muscle memory does set in and we remember, and it's good. This is a good uh, reason as well. And Shelly's even better at this than I am to keep a journal and to write down those victories, write down those ways that you saw the Lord come through on your behalf so that you can look back and say, here's a record. Here's a history just as we read the word of god we're essentially writing someone else's uh, journal or someone else's letters to other people and as as one person has said it before or many people you know the bible essentially is god's love letter to you and i
0: yeah And it was interesting because what they were singing at that very moment that the Lord caused the armies to fight against each other was, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. So if you're not even sure what to pray or what to say, pray scriptures. There's a great one right there. Lord, we, I give thanks to you. Your faithful love endures forever. But I love this. In verse 24, it says, Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. God completely took care of their enemies. Done and done.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, as we're beginning to wrap up um, this episode, you know, we're looking into, I wanted to just point something out in verse 29 where it says that um, when all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. And, you know, right away that just that hit me. You know, that this is what happens when God is seen to be victorious in our lives. When we give him the glory, when we're sharing our testimony, I believe that a healthy fear of God could come over those around us that actually hear our testimonies. You know, and if uh, many of you that are listening to this, you know that uh, it seems that our country more and more is lacking a true fear of God really lacking just, um, a reverence, you know, for God in his name, he's, he's thrown around flippantly. His, his name is used as a curse word. Um, you know, there's, there's a number of reasons for that, but as we share the stories of God's victory in our lives, I do believe that the same can happen, you know, that happened with this great army and this, this Victoria, this victory, you know, with Jehoshaphat is that, um, you know, we can see the fear of God, perhaps even blanket our area, and our nation, and the world, the world over. You know, as as these stories are shared, as God's name is revered.
0: Yeah, there's really a power in our testimony. But um, just going back just a few verses, I just want to bring this out, and then I'll close with prayer. Um, it says in verse 25. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. So not only did they not have to fight, but God just rewarded them with so much plunder. It took them three days to collect it. And it says on the fourth day, they gathered in the valley of blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. And it's still called the valley of blessing today. So, what they thought was going to be their defeat and, you know, a place of fear and destruction and all of these things ended up becoming a valley of blessing. And how many times does God take those? broken, difficult, hard situations and actually turn it into good. I've seen it over and over in my life. And so I just want to encourage you that whatever you're going through right now, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. This is not going to last forever. God has something else for you. And we just encourage you to seek him today. So let me just go ahead and close in prayer. And Lord, we just thank you so much for every person listening right now. We just pray that whatever enemies have declared war on them, Lord, that their response right now would be to come to you. Whatever that means, whether that means that they're coming to you and just crying out, Jesus, the Mm -hmm. name of Jesus, or coming and asking for your help. They don't know what to do. We're powerless. We don't know what to do, but we ask for your help. Or coming in praise and thanksgiving. Lord, we just pray that you would develop that muscle memory in us and that picture of that child and that dog coming towards us, but you stepping in between and taking care of our enemies. Lord, that you, you do it differently every time. There's no formula. There's no exact way, but we know that breakthrough comes when we put our complete trust in you, when we humble ourselves, and when we allow you to do your work your way. So we just pray for a powerful victory for each and every person that's listening today. And we pray this in Jesus name. Mm. Amen. Amen. So I just want to thank you for listening today. And if this episode has wet your appetite to read God's word, we have a free gift for you. You can download my husband CJ's ebook, Fuel for the Soul, for free at illuminateshow.com. So let's live illuminated lives. This is the Illuminate Podcast.